welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program known as Smokin' and Toastin'. It's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by our good friends at B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And I thought our buddy uh, Jeremiah from B&B was going to be able to join us for the show, but he wasn't able to after all. So rain check from Jeremiah. And he will return to join us sometime soon, I am sure. Actually, we didn't... We were overdue to set up another show at B&B and, uh, and do that uh, live from his smoking area upstairs. That's what I call it, the smoking area. We haven't been there in a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been too long. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been too And the long. weather's way too nice right now here in Houston. Oh, man. Uh, weather is great. And, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be enjoying that fine Los Angeles weather as well <laughs> as we do a show live from uh, Los Angeles. That's coming up in two weeks. In fact, uh, I can let you know that uh, we will skip next week's show because uh, we'll be traveling. And then we'll be in Los Angeles for show number 83, uh, which will be coming up in two weeks from today. So welcome to show number 82. We're going to be talking about black market cigars in New York City. I can't believe (laughs) you're making me fly out to L.A. for work. I know. I know. It's tough. I I demand a lot out of you, don't I? You're going to make me have cigars. Yeah, have cigars, drink. You know, you're the worst. Yeah, in Los Angeles, somebody's got to do it. Uh, Black market, black market cigars in New York City. It's a real possibility. We'll talk about it and tell you why. Plus, uh, Cuban cigar sales have surged, and the Chinese are responsible. We'll tell you about that coming up. And uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw this out there: how you can become a whiskey expert. Three simple tips. To make you a whiskey expert. Is that drink, expert. drink, and... And drink, drink again. Yes, that's exactly The right. three Ds of the becoming Ds. a whiskey yeah. expert. No, we'll tell you. We'll show you how to how to at least pass yourself off as an expert mm-hmm. on your way to expertism. It's, pretty good, it's a pretty good thing to uh, to want to do. How are you? Did you have a good week? I had a great week. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the <laughs> cool, cool things about doing the show as late in the week as we do it, because we generally do the show on Thursdays. So by this time, we're, you know, most of the week is behind us. Well, beyond that, too. I mean, we live in Texas, so it's spring yes. for about 30 seconds, and it's just summer at that yeah, point. And then it's, yeah, it's, it's really already just about uh-huh. summer. Yeah, it really is. So, do, you, do you smoke anything interesting this week? I did. I did, I did. I smoked uh, a fantastic cigar, actually. Let me pull that up right here. Mm-hmm. I had um, Illusion Cigars Privé. Cigars what? Privé. Privé. P-R-I-V-E. Mm. Not privy. Not privy. Yeah. That would be different. <laughs> be so, what is cigars privé exactly? I don't know. It's one of their uh, one of their lines. I don't know a whole lot about it, other than uh, here I found it at my humidor. I thought to myself, that is the cigar I'm going to smoke. Don't you just enjoy when you find something in your humidor? And go, I know to think about this. Let's light it up. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sometimes, uh, sometimes <laughs> going into a cigar without a pretense is actually a good thing. Right. And I will say, though, that's not entirely true with this because I haven't had a bad Ilyasion. Yes, this is a kind of a favorite brand for you, isn't it? Man, the MJ-12 is a go-to for me. Yeah. Um, it's it's one that I'll buy almost any time I see it just to have one or two in my humidor just because I'm going to enjoy it, and I know mm-hmm. I will. So it's, it's definitely a go-to. Uh, that whole line of cigars is so good. So this one I picked out because it was sitting in my humidor and it was staring at me. Uh, and so, um, let's let's just let me start it from the top here. Okay. The aesthetics on this light to really medium good. brown, solid, mm. firm construction, slightly oily. Pre-light sniff is uh, earth, leather, nutty. Kinda, yeah. Yeah, kind of. It was, it was good. good. Pre-light draw was very chocolatey, milk chocolate, leather, spicy, creamy kind of flavors going on. Damn. It was it was actually very complex even before I lit this cigar. That's really interesting. So uh, I really was kind of savoring that. That's why we have so many adjectives there is because I just kept enjoying it. You just kept pulling more and more right. out and, of it, yeah. And that's, that's always a blast. That's a fun When you have time to sit down and really do that. Um, the initial light on this thing was pretty... Um, Pretty spicy, actually. I mean, it was like, pow. It was like, this is not what I was expecting. So you got some pepper up front. Pepper and just spice in general. It was like mm. a bomb Wow. when I lit it. I mean, just boom. 
And I thought, wow, okay, this is way more intense than most of the Ilyasiones that I've had because they're usually in the medium range. Some mm-hmm. of them are closer to full, but but they've never I've never had a spice bomb like this from Ilyasion. Interesting. I stuck with it. The spice settles down a bit in the first third. The creaminess shows up with hints of white chocolate uh, because the chocolate was just a little different, a little off from what you normally get for chocolate and mocha kind of flavors. So uh, I kind of nailed down some things. I really had time to sit down and enjoy this. So the, I got a lot of uh, white chocolate. Uh, macadamia was the nuttiness that I was getting. Really? At. Yeah, that kind of, you know, the shell part of that macadamia that has that mm-hmm. little stringency is kind of good. Well, you were uh, really so paying was, attention to this. It must have been like a an absolute flavor. It explosion. got my attention. When yeah. I when that when that spiciness showed up at the beginning and I thought, wow, this was so complex before I lit it. And then it just hit me with the spice bomb. I was like, okay, there's gotta be more flavors under this spice. Mm-hmm. And when it settled down, all these things just started said, yeah, bubbling up to the top. So to it was surface, really interesting. Yeah. Uh, leather and earth were other things that I got out of that substantially. The uh, second, third, the spice leveled out. Much more leather and creaminess out of it at this point in time. Turned into kind of classic cigar mm-hmm. with some complexity in it. It was really nice. So this cigar was a little bit of a ride. The ash stayed on till almost the halfway point on this thing Sweet. before it dropped. And you'd laugh because... When I'm sitting down and I'm doing a cigar and I'm going, okay, I'm going to review this cigar, I will actually smoke it so gently so that I see how long I can see how long you hold the ash. So I'll be leaning (laughs) forward, smoking it. Anyway, we have a a blast with it. Um, So the ash finally dropped off. The third third of the cigar, the last bit of the cigar, the spice picked up again, but it kept... All of the uh, previous flavors, the leather and nutty flavors, that macadamia kind of nutty flavor, really Mm -hmm. picked up substantially with it and kept up with the spice a lot. Um, The tail end of the cigar might have been actually a little spicier than I generally would prefer. However, because I had already been through this initial spice bomb of it, and then it settled down and started building back up, I think I was already a little attuned to it. And really kind of enjoyed it at that point in time for what it was. I enjoyed the cigar. I would buy it again. Um, it's my belief. Uh, uh, I don't have it firm on here, but I think that this is about a $10 cigar um, uh, from Ilusion, 10 to $12 cigar. I'm going to give it I'm gonna give it a 4.5 to 5. It's what I'd want when I pay for a cigar. I love Ilusion's in general. The 5, if it's a $10 cigar, 4.5 if it's a $12 cigar. Um uh, it's it's definitely worth worth that ten dollars, and I enjoy the flavor ride on it. It is a little spicier overall than I generally would go for. But you you but, dug it, but though. I did yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's great. I like illusion. Illusion. It's, yeah. it's fun yeah. to say too. Yes, it is. It's a, and I'm not even sure if I say it right. But there are certain uh, words that are just fun to say, like yes, there are. Like Chipotle. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that means. David Letterman said, uh, used to say, "I just like saying Chipotle." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I didn't know that was one of those things. That's awesome. Uh, well, I had a pretty interesting one the, this week, and one that I guarantee I have not uh, reviewed before. And that was largely because I had to learn how to pronounce the name of the cigar because it was I was I realized that I was calling it something that wasn't correct. Uh, I was calling it Gispert or Gispert, but it's actually Hispert is how you say it. Hispert. And you pronounce the T on the end. Oh, I Um, didn't know that. Yes. A Hispert Intenso by... A.J. Fernandez. Now, here's what's really interesting that's happening. Is A.J. Fernandez, in, in addition to having his own line of cigars that include some really, really good smokes, he's starting to blend for everybody. Like, he's just, he's doing collaborations. He's done them with uh, Monte Cristo. He's done them with H. Upman. He's done them with um, uh, Hoyo <coughs> de Monterey. And now he has done uh, a... Uh, Cigar with Hispert. And Hispert's not a very well known line of cigars. It's not one you hear a lot about. And I've had Hispert's before. They've been good, but not something that I really remembered all that clearly. So I thought it'd be interesting to see what AJ's take on the Hispert uh, cigar would be like. And so I unwrapped this baby, and it was a beautiful cigar. Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, but but, uh, but uh, darker Maduro uh, with a Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican and uh, Nicaraguan fillers, a dark beauty pre-light, rich, and chocolate. Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Really. Uh, was it chocolatey? It was, I would say that it was, in fact, chocolatey, yes. <laughs> uh, once I lit it, though, 
it it was there was a marked a sort of earthiness. That was the first thing that I noticed when once it was lit, and then toastiness, leather, and nuts. It started out medium bo- uh, medium bodied, and got all the way to the full by the time I got to maybe the last third or so of it. So it was uh, it was again uh, to quote you from yours, it was a pretty good ride, uh, as you would expect uh, from AJ Fernandez, particularly uh, from his more recent blends. There was quite a bit of pepper and spice to this, not too much. This, but uh, the cigar stayed complex all the way through, so the pepper didn't overpower. The spice didn't take it over, but there was quite a bit in there. I probably only smoked two or three Hisperts ever, but this was by far the best that I've had, by far. Uh, one thing I noticed uh, about it was if I puffed too fast, uh, it would smoke a little hotter. It would get a little bit bitter, but mm. all I had to do is is just kind of slow down. Lay and, off and it, it a would, little bit. Yeah, and it, and it would come right back, and the cigar kept up its uh, tasty blend. About a $7 cigar at that price. I would put it at a uh, 5 and a half, just a little bit better than I was expecting. And, again, at $7, $7 I, I find is that is that sort of like almost the the magic zone, like where you can get some really, really great right. stuff, but you can also get some stuff at $7 that you're like, why did they price it this yeah. high? It's not worth it, you know? Uh, so this was the first. It was really, really great and probably could easily have been a 9 or $10 cigar. So, And for those of you who uh, just tune in and, and aren't uh, sure what our price to quality um, ratio what is. What that's all or, about, yeah. Right. So our scale is 1 to 10, and 5... Is the middle of that scale means you get exactly what you're paying for. That's a right. great rating for a cigar. A five is a great rating. Right. It means whether it's you, a three dollar cigar, you get exactly what you pay for. That's fine. Whether it's a twenty dollar cigar, you get exactly what you pay for. That's still a great rating. Right, because the the five for the three dollar cigar, that's not as good a cigar as the one that's a twenty dollar cigar. Right, you got a five, but you got exactly you what you paid exactly for, and you're, you're happy with yes, it. Yes, exactly. If it falls below that five, you're getting a little less than you wanted for the price. Like maybe it's above, that's a little overpriced. Then that yeah. cigar is smoking better than you'd expect. For instance, if you've got a seven dollar cigar and you rate it at seven. That's a seven dollar cigar that's smoking like what you'd expect from a twelve dollar right, or thirteen right. or somewhere. Yep, you know, absolutely, it's all subjective, but absolutely. that's kind of how it works. That's how we try to do it, anyway. So, all right, coming up, a lot of cool things on the show. We'll talk to you about black market cigars in uh, New York City. Uh, we'll talk to you about uh, ways that you could become a uh, whiskey tasting expert. We'll give you the expert tasting tips. Plus, do we have some beers to taste today? Victory has a new IPA, a forefront IPA. We'll be tasting that on the show. We'll be tasting uh, a Unity Vibration Bourbon Peach Kombucha Wild Ale. Please don't ask me to say that again. (laughs) (laughs) Say that three Uh, times fast. And uh, from Avery Brewing, we'll be tasting, and I thought of you when I got this, Ian, The Reverend. It's a Belgian-style quadruple A. Oh, you know I love it. And Avery makes yeah, such yeah, good Avery, stuff. Yep. Uh, plus some uh, some EXO Reserve cask rum from Mount Gay. So we have lots to do and lots to taste on the show as we do episode number 82. It's uh, Smoking and Toasting. We'll be right back. Smoking and toasting. It is show number eighty-two. I know uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, the but drums that on bass that drum sounds yeah, so good. It's just great. We could go back into a whole nother drummer discussion like we had, but like <laughs> we'll spare all of you non uh, non drum playing uh, persons our discussions of drums uh, at least this time. Next week, no, you know, no promises. Uh, Black Market Cigars in New York City is the the title of today's show. We'll tell you why that's a very possible reality. And uh, we're going to be tasting some Mount Gay XO Reserve Cask Rum on the show, as well as some really fine beers, including one uh, in this segment that I'm really looking forward to because I love Victory Brewing out of Downingtown, Pennsylvania, and they have a new IPA. Victory Brewing, they, they came up with their IPA called Hop Devil mm-hmm. was the first like seriously hopped 
uh, IPA that I tried. And I remember it took me some adjusting. I wound up really liking <laughs> it. But it took me some adjusting. This is way back when I first started even trying IPAs. I was like, wow. And, you know, uh, so oddly enough, their happier beers are not my favorites, but the, every beer they make is a good quality beer. Well, like, that's, yeah, that's one really of those brands. Yes. That, that you can go, okay, if I'm going to buy something from this brand, I know it's going to be good. You know it's going to be good. That's right. Um, the world's first crowdfunded craft beer hotel is slated to open in Columbus, Ohio, later this summer. Now, I'm excited about this because I now have a reason to go to Columbus. Because outside of the world's first crowdfunded craft beer hotel, I can't think of one. Isn't there a song called Columbus Rocks? Oh, no, no. Sorry, uh, that's I, Cleveland. I, I think that's Cleveland, yes. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing about the crowdfunded craft beer hotel. The Dog House is what it's going to be called. Nice. Yeah. BrewDog is the company that's uh, that's putting it together. Oh, BrewDog uh, makes great BrewDog beer. is a craft brewery that originated in northeast Scotland. Its first U.S. brewery launched in 2017 in Columbus, and it's connected to the site of the soon-to-be-opened hotel. Actual opening date I don't think has been set, but it will be this summer. A similar hotel will open in Scotland in 2019. Here's the thing, Ian. This is the information you need to know. Here's what you need to know. When this hotel opens... The doghouse in Columbus, Ohio, this summer. Every room has a tap in it. What? Yes, see, see, that's what I saw your face. I knew that's what I was waiting for. Wait for it, wait for it. Here it is. Boom. A tap in every room. So you're like, okay, I'm checking in. I'm putting my baggage away. I'm hanging up my shirts. I'm putting my shoes on the floor in the closet. And now I'm going to pour myself a craft beer from the tap. I think you did all of that backwards. Yeah, I think I probably did. But, you know, delayed gratification can be a good thing. (laughs) It can be a very good thing. Uh, Crowdfunding for the Doghouse came from an Indiegogo campaign. It's raised over $330,000 already. So uh, the the Doghouse, they say, will have craft beer at its core. They've already started work developing some craft beer spa treatments. Uh, and uh, malted barley massages, and a hoppy feet pedicure. (laughs) Yep, to put a spring in your step before the brewery tour. You'll fully immerse yourself in the world of craft beer during your stay and enjoy craft beer-infused breakfast, lunches, and dinners with beers paired to every course. It's a reason to visit Columbus, Ohio. Or we can just wait until 2019 and go to Scotland, which would have some other interesting Uh. stops. So, But yes... The doghouse, I like it. You know, uh, that sounds like a pretty fun place <laughs> to stop over. It does, doesn't it? I mean, seriously, a, a tap in every room. I'd be like, I'd be calling you up, going, "Hey, I think mine's an amber ale. What's yours?" <laughs> right? You know, like <laughs> seriously, I'm coming to your room. You got an IPA? Okay. Uh, so speaking of IPA, um, Downingtown, Pennsylvania's uh, Victory Brewery has brought to us a forefront IPA. Uh, I believe it's forefront because it is a. Uh, I believe they use four different uh, styles of hops. I believe is right? they only list citrus and pine, uh, but that's the aromas. Uh, so they don't say exactly uh, exactly what the hops are, at least on the bottle. But Victory, as you were saying earlier, they've always made quality products, and I'm very curious. To see what Ooh, this is going to be like. I love that sound. Isn't it a wonderful sound? Yeah, it is. It's just there's something about the first popped open sound of our show. The too. first one in each show. Yes, I agree with you. It, it the first one in each show has just this. I don't know. Maybe it's more anticipation because we haven't heard it yet. I don't know. But you're right. There's something very special about the first beer to be popped open here on the program. So victory. I've had a number of great victory beers of all kinds of styles. And uh, so I'm, I'm really psyched to to try this, being you know, a fan of the IPA, and uh, <coughs> I'll be interested to see what your research uh, indicates, Ian. About well, this. first off, just the nose of this, this smells like a pine cone that someone added hops to. Yeah, it's definitely got some hoppiness to it, no question. <laughs> on on the nose, more so than I was even expecting. Well, yeah, that's a, this smells like a pile of pine cones that someone put hops on top of, but that and then be, cooked the whole thing. That can be very festive and holiday like, though. You'll have to uh, you'll have to see. Hmm. It tastes delicious. 
you know, I have to admit, from the pine cone smell, I was not anticipating this to be this smooth or sexual. I was expecting this to be sharp and, and uh-huh. super bitter. And very bitter, yes. Right. And it's not any of those things. No, it isn't. And so now I'm going to have to like separate the the aroma from uh, from what the taste is is like. It's a uh, mm. it's not a hop it's, explosion at all. It's more like these hops just really blend. Yeah, it's 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 almost like a um, yeah. It's hard to say how that's how that's working. It's it almost, all blends together so well. And at least, <laughs> like the aftertaste is such a hoppy, and again, there's the pine cone, but not in a bitter kind of way. Like, no, it's it's actually quite refreshing. Like that's might be one of the more interesting IPAs I've ever actually tried, and I almost, I almost was convinced I wasn't gonna like it just from mm-hmm. the nose on. Mm-hmm. It. Mm-hmm. Uh, the aroma is so huge, but the finish is so clean. But the finish is much cleaner than you expect. Um, there's more maltiness in there than you'd ever expect, mm-hmm. especially at the aroma, because you can't even smell malt on the aroma. Right. You're just getting just that like, hops. And, and I believe, again, I believe that there are four different kinds of hops. That's why they call it Forefront. Um, but Victory, you know, again, these guys are known for, I mean, Hop Devil is a hoppy IPA. Like this is. But it's still quite drinkable. This is such an interesting. Right. Well, see, Hop Devil. Again, quality product, not my flavor profile. Like to me, that's a little too hoppy. Um, and again, it's you know, I mean, certainly hand me one. Don't watch me go here. Right, right. This. Yeah, you're not handing it back. Yeah. But um, but it's not what I'd go out of my way to get. This is such an interesting profile. Like I haven't even decided about this beer yet. I mean, I, I definitely like it. It is not as hoppy as Hop Devil. It's not, but it smells way hoppier than Hop yes. Devil. Yes, no, you're absolutely right. Hop Devil also is a darker uh, sort of a, a caramel color, whereas this one is more amber looking. No, and this has a of lot color. of carbonation to it as well. Yes, it does. Big, That's maybe pardon part me, of big the, head on it. Um, this is a lot of things I didn't expect. Uh, I'm actually for this. The carbonation may be part of the reason that it is as so fragrant. Yeah, as fragrant as it is, and that it pulls those different strains of hops together as well as this stuff. I mean, this is like the aroma on this is like a like a bowl of potpourri. It's like huge. So this may be the big surprise of the show because I think we both were expecting something completely different. I can't believe how this. balanced the flavor is and how different it is from the aroma. I was expecting what would be like a double IPA or something like a more cowbell or you know one of those kind of uh just very big, very hop intense IPAs. Well, let me tell you this: if you're an IPA fan who just loves IPA, IPA, and you want the hugest IBUs you can get, this doesn't taste like that. No, it really this doesn't. This is an IPA uh, that I enjoy because of the 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 way the flavor profile hits. It's not just a hop bomb. It is almost almost sessionable. You know what I mean? Like you would almost say that it's <laughs> right. that it's like a, a more sessionable. Uh, what's the what's idea. the ABV on that one? I'm Just not out sure curiosity. if it says. Let's see. It is five point five. Okay, so it's reasonably sessionable. Mm-hmm. This do, is this is a completely the, unexpected treat. It does have the brewmaster's uh, si- signature of approval on the bottle. Well, congratulations, yeah. Mr. Brewmaster, because <laughs> yes. this is a very unique product. Victorybeer.com to find out more about it, and I'm sure there is a write-up on the website, which I will confess I should have looked at. And what's the name at. of this one again? Uh, it's Four Front, the number four. Four Front. The number four, and then the word front. Four Front from Victory. Uh, and it's a brand new IPA, or at least it was new to me. Like I, I had not seen this before. Uh, I was shopping at Specs and saw it in the cooler. I was like, I'm going there. Okay, so I'm going to recommend this to anyone who wants who who kind of likes IPA but doesn't like them so over the top and bitter. Mm-hmm. Someone who wants an IPA that is interesting and complex. Yes, this one hits the spot on it, all of it's that. Got the complexity for sure, but and it's was not, not expecting that at all. Not from the name nor from the aroma. I love surprises. And we'll show <laughs> <laughs> that to the camera there, especially this kind of surprises, beer surprises. Uh, all right, that's the uh, that's the forefront from Victory. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we have uh, more tasting to do, and I, I don't know if this will remain the biggest surprise of the show because in our next segment, we'll be tasting the Unity Vibration 
Bourbon Peach Kombucha Wild Ale. Are you talking about the um, the uh, Unity Vibration Bourbon Peach Kombucha Wild Ale? Yes, from Ypsilanti, Michigan. From Ypsilanti, Michigan. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And we'll be tasting it in the next segment. Plus, stand by for a black market for cigars in New York. It could be happening by the time we finish the show. We'll have details coming up. Otherwise known as the UVBPKWA from YM. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, show number 82. We are all talking about craft beer and all talking about fine spirits and all talking about hand-rolled cigars. And we're doing it on this very program. And we have fun uh, talking about those things. Uh, coming up, we'll be talking about and tasting the Unity Vibration Bourbon Peach Kombucha Wild Ale that is not only raw and gluten-free, but vegan as well. That's what it says right on the bottle. That's pretty awesome. And yep. it's got a hot chick on a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, so you got to love that, right? <laughs> you, you, we're, we're moving in the right direction. <laughs> New York See, is not moving in the right direction, at least not for cigar lovers. Now, you mentioned this whole black market cigar is uh, going on. Not black market cigars, but not, black market not cigars. the cigar named black market cigars, right. yeah. But an actual black market for cigars in New York. So Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York State, in an attempt to uh, close down the uh, state's $4.4 billion budget deficit, has proposed a package of about a billion dollars in tax hikes hikes and fee increases as part of his this year uh, executive budget, uh, which was unveiled all the way back in January. But it takes a while sometimes to dig through all this stuff and see what they're actually talking about. And among the list of revenue raisers in this uh, budget is a proposal to change the formula for the way that state excise taxes on cigars are calculated. Uh, The new rules would make the cigar taxes based on invoice costs instead of manufacturing costs beginning September 1st. So this would raise state cigar taxes from the industry standard of 28.5% to 75%. And for the consumer, this means that a cigar that's currently on the shelf for $8 jumps to about 11 That sucks. Due to the tax hike. Now, this proposal comes just five months after New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio signed a tax hike into law that prohibits cigars in New York City from being sold for less than $8 a stick. And it adds a 10% tax. So the impact of that is what were once, you know, less expensive cigars that sold for five bucks. Now they're boom, eight dollars. Right? And a cigar with a suggested retail price of nine fifty now costs nearly fourteen dollars before sales tax. And should the Mario Cuomo proposal become law, it will likely bring about the closure of some small businesses and cost jobs. And so that's why the New York Association of Convenience Stores is opposing the tax hike. But tax Hikes on tobacco product have been around for a long time. And one thing they have shown consistently is that raising taxes actually decreases state revenue. Because state collections from tobacco sales dropped from $1.5 billion to $1.2 billion over the last five years as they've been hiking the tobacco tax They're already uh, charging taxes up. 30%. Yeah. Yeah. But see, it's, it's, it's not political suicide to impose a tax on things like smoking right because it's it's unbelievable to me that's just crazy so what a lot of people are saying is if this all goes into effect September 1 expect cigars in New York City whether they're from the Dominican Republic or Nicaragua or Honduras all to be available on the black market the way that essentially Cuban cigars have been for a number of years. I mean, That's we all know that guy who can get Cubans, right? Right. So how about just that guy who can get cigars at, like, reasonable prices that you might pay in other states instead of, you know, these jacked up Yeah, I, not only are they going to drive their own revenue down, but, but just like the article said, like, they're going to drive so many <laughs> small businesses out. I have been to uh, – I've spent quite a bit of time in New York City. I've never lived there. 
spent quite a bit of time there. I always have loved going to New York, and one of the reasons is I love some of the smoking options in New York. The Grand Havana Room, uh, I've been invited to. It's fantastic. I uh, have been to a couple of little uh, smoke smoking lounges that are uh, in different sort of hip locations around town. Club Macanudo in New York. So I've had a great time at Club Macanudo. It's always been a fun place to go and smoke. There was a time when a visit to New York was exciting just to go to the JR Cigar Store in New York. It was one of the biggest cigar stores at that time I'd ever been in. Right. And in New York, where everything's, you know, <clears throat> condensed in size. So New York's always been like a great place to go for cigar lovers and now it's gonna be a potential problem. And it's take it off the list. I mean, California's already a problem. I mean I'm excited we're going to do our our show in a couple of weeks right. in California, but it's not the most cigar-friendly state in the union. No, uh, and we'll be, you know, looking for we'll be announcing it uh, on the website or on on uh, social media uh, exactly where we'll be doing the show from. But definitely count on us doing it from somewhere well, where we can. Smoke. Being as it's California, uh, we can eliminate being able to smoke inside, and yes. we can eliminate also being able to smoke outside. Yes. So that leaves tons of options. Yeah. So available. we're going to be doing the show from inside our car. Uh, <laughs> as long as we don't get pulled over and get a ticket for smoking, for inside, smoking our inside our car, exactly. So anyway, it, it should be interesting. We'll tell you. Uh, we'll tell you what comes by for that. But you hate, you know, seeing the biggest two cities in the United States become so cigar unfriendly: New York City yeah. and Los Angeles. Well, so. and I, I, do, are they just lumping it in with cigarettes? Is that what's going on? Because it's well, a this, different thing in New York. This is specifically about cigars. Although yeah, some see. of the see some of the taxes that have hit uh, before have been, you know, just about smoking in general. Have been about tobacco products in general. But the the New York City bill that took that said no cigar can retail for less than eight dollars. That's just so nuts. I mean, that's nuts. So you have. I mean, think of all the cigars that we. Are thrilled to buy that costs less than eight dollars, yeah. you know, and those cigars would be eight dollars. Yeah, that I mean that that kills an entire market out there. It does, and think about how big New York City is. It's just wrong. I think we better have a beer. That seems yeah, it seems a little gouging, doesn't it? It does gouging people who isn't are, isn't price gouging illegal, but the government can do it. One now? would think yes, but again, you're talking government, so. So Unity Vibration, I have done some research. They are a tea company and a beer company. Uh, and here's what it says on the bottle of their Bourbon Peach American Wild Ale, in addition to having the hot chick on the uh, motorcycle. It says here, our bourbon barrel-aged kombuka has doubled the rich, delicious bourbon flavor as it ages with juicy, whole, organic peaches. This unique beverage is a culmination of the ancient process of kombuka brewing, Paired with the newer brewing process of a uniquely American high-gravity ale. Have you ever heard of a high-gravity ale? Yes. What, what does that mean? I don't know I don't what that know. means. Okay, well, I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> I thought, I have no idea what a high-gravity ale is. <laughs> I am just, I'm just completely in the dark. So uh, the first thing I'm noticing pouring this is that it is extremely pale. Almost straw that is colored. Very pale straw colored. Mm, but it's got an interesting aroma to it as the uh, peach and the barrel aging comes right to the forefront. We're going to have to check this I out. I can smell that from over here. Yeah, the peachiness of it, right? Yeah, it's very, very interesting. Um, so this is uh, this may be the most interesting beer we taste. I'm I'm wondering if it'll be the biggest surprise because so far the biggest surprise was the uh, forefront from uh, from Victory Brewing. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this holds this, up. And this is in a bomber, by the way. So. This smells sour. Uh, this is from Ypsilanti, Michigan. It says, reminiscent of summer campfires and refreshing swims in the Great Lakes, our kombuka ale is always unfiltered, raw, and living. Taste the freshness and distinctive flavors you can only find with this process and unique combination. Love, health, and possibility. Unity Vibration Living Kombuka Tea. LLC. Uh, so this may be this may be our new favorite thing, or it may be the weirdest and 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 least favorite thing we've ever tasted. I don't know. We're gonna have to. Uh, it definitely smells uh, on the nose. It's very much like a sour. It smells very much like a sour. Mm-hmm. Tasting notes on this. Yes. Honey. Yes. 
Lots of no, I'm not calling you, honey. Yes. <laughs> you notice how you notice how I just immediately honey. responded. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it has a lot of honey in it. A ton mm-hmm. of honey. There's a little. It smells more sour than it actually is. Um, yes. It has a little bit of sourness to it. There's. It's interesting. This is one of the more interesting beers. You can you can pull the peach out of it. I have there's, to say. There's... But it's like the fuzzy skin of the peach. Uh-huh. It's not. It's not the. It's. I have to say that there's things I like about it, and there's things I don't like. What I will say that I don't like is actually not the sour, but the sweet. Because there's a sweetness mixed in with the sour, and on the finish, it leaves me with a little bit of that kind of sweetness. It does, but it also at the tongue. same time leaves my mouth watering. Mm-hmm. Like you ever have that uh, that quench gum that just makes. Yes, rule. Yes, I know what you're talking about. This does that, and has some of that same sort of (laughs) sweetness flavor to it as well. So, I have to say, that sweetness is enough to make me not like this. But then after I take a beat, I want another swallow. I want another drink. Yeah. So (laughs) that's exactly what I was about to say. Is like, there's a lot of things about that that I generally wouldn't like in a beer, but I keep wanting. But I keep wanting more more of it. Yes. You know. Um, and, and I'm about to start drooling on myself. It really is making my uh, my saliva glands work overtime. So which was a bigger surprise, this or the forefront? So the forefront is just a legitimately complex IPA. Mm-hmm. Like that's a surprise in in how crafty they could be. This is like nothing we've ever tasted before. This is left field right here. Yes, yeah, this, this is maybe one of the stranger beers. I'm going to put this in as strange as the chunky uh, 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 <laughs> beer that the you barley brought. wine, <laughs> the barley wine that you brought that time that had actual. I don't mean it was chewy. I mean you had to actually use your ale. teeth uh, for that. Uh, but I'm going to put hey, this kind of. You got to respect category. a beer that can actually oh. get stuck on your teeth. Oh all right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you respecting the kombucha ale? Um, you know, for a vibration bourbon peach kombucha wild ale, I think it's it's interesting. It this so this is fun. This is a good let's have this beer at a party and let everybody taste and it. And let a whole bunch of people taste it. Um yeah, I agree. it's worth every bit for that. What was the cost on the bottle? I don't Do you think it was more than six or seven dollars for the bomber. Well worth it. Mm-hmm. This is not something you would go home after a hard day at work and go, I'm just going to have this. Yeah, boy, I'm uh, I'm in the mood for a beer. I'm going to grab this kombucha <laughs> wild <laughs> peach <laughs> ale bourbon. It's the Unity Vibration Bourbon Peach Kombucha Wild Ale. Thank you for straightening that out. <laughs> it is raw, gluten-free, and vegan. Um, so it's interesting. I think that some people would really enjoy this. Like, would your wife like this? My wife doesn't really like the sour beers at all. Yeah. And this has probably just enough kiss of sour, but she would do this because she makes this face when she's thinking about things where she. Uh, yeah, she it's, it's furrow, hard. To, furrows the brow. She furrows the brow and her eyes go up and she's thinking about it and it's absolutely adorable. I love that about her. Um, and she would make that face at this beer. I don't know how much she would enjoy it, but she would try it and she would probably appreciate it for what it is. For me, I think. I think you should buy this beer. I think you should buy this beer and have it with a you group of friends. It. And it gives us look at how much we've talked about it. Right. Like we're way over our segment well, just because but, it's that but, interesting. But but it's an interesting beer. It's, it's incredibly interesting. Unfiltered. And like you said, perfect for a party where we're gonna you know, yeah. pass it around and everybody's gonna try it. I don't know. I think I may have you to know have that a weird- more. <laughs> And then it does that. Right. See, it's right. very bizarre. You know that weird lull in the conversation where everyone gets quiet and there's that one person saying, and if I want to walk around naked, right. <laughs> that's the perfect time to pull out this, this and go, let's yeah. have something when to talk have, about. When you have that lull at your party, you're right. Okay, everybody, <laughs> I got something for us. All right. I have got some Montgay XO, reserve cask rum, sweetness, I think, in a very different kind of way. We'll find out. Uh, that'll be coming up. Plus, we'll be sampling the Avery Brewing, the Reverend. A Belgian-style quadruple ale, which I think will be less surprising than our last two beers. Uh, so we have that coming up, plus um, how to become an instant whiskey expert. We will tell I you. I can't wait to hear that. Coming up next, it's smoking and Toast. Because I need help. <laughs> help me, Obi-Wan. 
Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. It is show number 82. Uh, we are all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Okay, so during the break, and this is why you watch on Facebook Live, because you get to see this stuff during the break. <coughs> but this was important enough we had to like come back to it. Um, Adam, our producer, who is on the wheels of steel, uh, schooled us basically because we didn't know what we were talking about in that last segment. Yes, uh, we were calling this, and you have to make sure you remember to turn your uh, uh, mic up there, Adam, so you can uh, officially school us. But we were calling this uh, Kombucha Ale from Unity Vibration. You know all about this, and we also weren't even pronouncing it right. Is that correct? Well, I don't know about the Kombucha Ale, but I do know what Kombucha is, and it's, okay. uh, it's made the same way as beer is fermented. Brewed but it's way. a tea product, right? It's basically, it's not technically a tea. It's actually its own thing called kombucha, you know. Right. But uh, it is made, they do usually infuse it with different teas, and, and it's it's never just its own thing because it could be pretty, you know, it doesn't taste too good by itself because it, ha- it has very, you know. But it takes on other flavors. Sour. Yeah, and they'll yeah. infuse it with other flavors, lavender. They have all these different new ones out, and it just got popular the past, like, five years. But that is, like, actual kombucha with alcohol in it. So... <laughs> Regular kombucha does have a very small amount, 0. 0.5, 0.2% alcohol in it because mm-hmm. it's fermented. It has a natural right. occurring alcohol. But this, I don't know how they actually made it with added alcohol, but it tastes just like kombucha with a little bit of alcohol in it. But it's so. definitely got more of it. Now, did yeah. you like this? It's delicious. If you like kombucha, you will like that. No so, doubt. So yeah. Adam Adam eats very healthy. Yeah. I think he eats uh, vegetarian or vegan most of the yeah. time. Yeah. And, uh, and so this is something that was already... Uh, you know, in his in his wheelhouse, something he already knew about. We, of course, were calling it kombucha, and uh, and mispronouncing it, and and got it wrong. So all but, the millennials uh, listening to this were going, "What are they talking about?" Yes, yes. Now they know. Yeah, but Unity Vibration. And so, were you familiar with the company with Unity Unity Vibration? No, you heard of them before? No, okay, no. so very interesting. Well, I picked this up at Specs, and it was in the cooler, uh, and it was not expensive. So it's something that you might want to. Uh, check out if that sounds like really appealing to now, you. Now I'm curious: Does kombucha itself make you want to keep drinking it like this does? Like this makes you want to keep. Saying yes. He's nodding yeah. yes. Yeah, he's nodding yes. Like yes. it makes you keep coming back to it. I'm still like nursing a little. It's bit It's like of that it here. you can't just eat just one chip kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> they call that the. Dur- so I got a um, Doritos I, factor. Is what I they got call a that. text while we were sitting here, and this is from a friend of mine named Keith. He actually came and hung out. At B&B one time when we were doing the show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I remember Keith. Good yeah, guy. and he got to enjoy with us. Uh, he listened to our show that was um, we maybe a month ago or something like that. Um, the, we talked about the uh, St. Arnold DR-18 you brought it in. Yes, the Divine, Divine Reserve 18, yeah, which was and, delicious. And yes, it was wow. amazing. So he just sent me this thing. And I'm going to read this real quick. This will only okay. take a minute. But I just wanted to put this out here because he listened to our show and decided, okay, I have to try that. He says, my notes on St. Arnold DR-18. Now, he has a quirky sense of humor, too, Bef- just to Before FYI. you go there, let me just point out again, directly affecting sales. Smoking directly and toasting. affecting sales. That's right. That's right. Just wanted to point that out. And by the way, Solo Cups, sponsor me. Yes. Di- we could sponsor directly me. affect your sales, Solo That's Cups. right. Okay, sorry. So what did he say? <laughs> he <laughs> says, uh, so I poured the bottle into a glass in the kitchen. The aroma hit me from several feet away. Fruit and something mm-hmm. I couldn't quite define. This is an American imperial stout. I took the beer, a book, and wheat crackers uh, spread with Irish butter out to my favorite chair on the patio. He's got a nice little area out there with I the pool and everything. Yeah. Right, he's setting himself up. He, he, he spoils himself. He's retired, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. He goes, I sipped the beer, ate a cracker, and continued reading the second book of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I figured Which out- is, is that one so long and thanks for all the, the fish? the restaurant at the oh, end of the universe. Oh, restaurant at the end of the universe. Okay. He goes, I figured out the mystery, aroma, and taste. It was vanilla. Uh, one third of the way through the beer, I was now listening to my iPhone to Frank Sinatra singing One for My Baby. After five different uh, recordings, I went back to the book, finished the crackers and beer, 13.4% ABV. You'd never know it until you realize it's good for an afternoon nap. (laughs) Wonderful brew. Good night, nurse. Wow, what a great review! What a great review! <laughs> That's Thank a shout you out. That. Yeah, shout out to Keith. I thought I thought that was fun because we're going back to like something that uh, he listened to a month ago and said, you know what, I got I got to try this. That's that very cool. That's very cool. Thank you, Keith. That was absolutely absolutely awesome. Well, I think it's time to do a little more tasting, and we've had such an unusual show tasting wise so far, uh, but I think this may bring it right back to something that would be 
more along the lines of our expectations, and that is the Montgay XO Reserve Cask Rum. This is rum from Barbados. It's extra old reserve cask rum from the oldest rum house in the world. A unique, smooth, and complex blend widely recognized by connoisseurs and experts alike. So that's interesting. Apparently connoisseurs and experts are two different types of people. I guess you can have amateur experts or would you expert connoisseurs. Or? Would you rather be a connoisseur, Ian, or an expert? I'm not sure. Ah, that was a nice pop. My dad used to say, um, uh, you, you don't really have respect for experts because X is a has-been and spurt is a spurt under pressure. <laughs> so that uh, that was just, but those, but see, my dad used to say crap like that, you know, so. I have to meet your dad. He sounds like a pretty funny apparently guy. Apparently still does. I yes. feel like I would get his sense of humor. I think, unfortunately for all of us, you probably would. <laughs> I think, uh, I feel like his sense of humor would be. Right up my alley. Yeah, I think. I'm. I'm thinking that's probably the case. So. You're like that's unfortunately true. So pouring a little bit of this Mont Gay rum, and I'll show this to the camera here. Uh, it is exactly that sort of uh, caramel color that you would expect a rum to be, and it uh, quite frankly looks looks delicious. So. Well, look at how dark it is, even in that bottle. Yes, that's even in the like bottle, dark it, it red, dark. ruddy, so, ruddy red. So this is a. Uh, this is uh, from a distillery that was established in 1703, in, And uh, it is the Montgay Distillery. And part of the reason, by the way, that I brought this in today is because I had actually thought that <laughs> our buddy Jeremiah would be joining us. And as much as he knows about whiskey, he's been really getting into rums uh, lately. And so I thought he would appreciate this. But, Jeremiah, we will be enjoying it without you. Now, I will tell you on the nose, wow, it's a cinnamon explosion. I'm getting cinnamon. lots of cinnamon on the nose. Well, it's it's got the uh, the flavors the 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 aroma that you would expect in rum. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also has just a ton of cinnamon and a ton of like uh, wow apple peel. So there is more cinnamon uh, on the finish of this than maybe anything I've ever tried. This actually burns my lips a little bit because of the cinnamon. I don't know, but it's so smooth <laughs> on the palate. Like as weird as that sounds, it's so smooth on the palate. This is uh, this is delicious. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna draw a comparison that sounds like it's not that favorable, but it does remind me of this. When I was a kid, we used to buy these cinnamon toothpicks. Yes. In these little, like oh, I know. Uh, wax paper packages, right? And you would chew them, and they would like just almost burn your mouth with this cinnamon. The flavor reminds me of those, but in a much more pleasant way. Yep. It doesn't it doesn't taste like wood and it doesn't burn your mouth, but boy, it is it <laughs> and is, also it doesn't splinter off and yes, you know, stick, and stick you in, in your tongue. <laughs> which is not a good thing. I remember um, those. I will tell you, I like I also this. I remember a, candy cigarettes. I like this weird. a lot. To have the kind of cinnamon uh, I'll use the word burn, although that's not bite. Bite is a better word. Cinnamon yes. bite. To have the kind of cinnamon bite that it has, but to be this smooth. I don't know how it accomplishes both of those things. It's, uh, you know, today, I guess today's show is all about complexity and what we're, mm-hmm. uh, what we're uh, talking about. And I got to tell you that uh, it's, it's more complex than just cinnamon. 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 is so prevalent. The uh, the the brown sugar, of course, and molasses are just huge. You know, I mean, that's, you expect that from a rum. Yes. But boy, I'm telling you, there's something going on. The vanilla on here. and the cinnamon. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a, a There's also cinnamon. It's almost like a cinnamon rum cookie is what it is what it really you know, because you get that vanilla and cinnamon and it certainly got a rum vibe to there's it. There's a um <laughs> mm. gingerbread kind of quality to this too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the brown sugar side of it or what it is, but it's really got a lot of that. Mm. And it actually burns my lips just a little bit. Not in a real bad way. Not in an unpleasant way. But, like, you know when you use one of those uh, uh, chapsticks that has the... Right. I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm about. talking yes. about? Mm-hmm. It has that kind of quality on my lips. I could see an afternoon... How about a tingle on my lips? That's what it is. I could see an afternoon in the shade in a nice, comfortable outdoor chair with your favorite book or whatever book you're reading at the moment. 
a bottle of this and a really nice medium-bodied cigar. Yeah, I bet this goes really well with a cigar. I bet it does, just because it isn't just sweet. I mean, it's certainly, and all rum has got, you know, sweetness to it, but uh, it isn't just the sweetness. The cinnamon kind of sets it up to, like, it's almost like it wakes up your taste buds. Yeah. And then you're like, wow, what would I be getting from the cigar at this point? And you could even do a spicy cigar with this, which would probably ramp up the cinnamon flavor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or even just a straight-up medium, but something with sweetness to it. Mm. Which would probably just complement the flavor at that point. But I also bet, you know what? I bet a, a mild but big flavor cigar would actually uh, have a nice profile with this as well. Because something like a Perdomo Champagne or. Uh, yeah, those are so good. <coughs> yeah. uh, but something that's mild but wonderful, you know, or uh, mm-hmm. the Arturo Fuente, uh, the, uh, the Arturo Fuente um, Hemingway series mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or the. Uh, um, yeah, there's there's a bunch of great ones out there. Probably Even like a really, really well. good like Dunhill Romeo Julieta. Romeo Julieta, yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Or uh, like an Avo, mm-hmm, like yeah. an Avo like number two Avo, or something yes, like that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, uh, so we're gonna have to try this, and that probably means you're gonna need to come over. Well, then we'd have to have a special occasion to smoke special occasion cigars. Well, uh, we're gonna be in L.A. That'll be a special. That occasion. That sounds like a special. Occasion. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so we'll get to that, and I have promised you how to become an instant whiskey expert with these tasting tips, and I will share those with you next. I promise. Plus, one more thing to taste, and that's Avery Brewing's The Reverend Belgian Style Quadruple Ale. Ian is smiling. Just in case the camera's not on him. I love. He's smiling. Belgian style. We'll be back. Quadruple ales. It's smoking and toasting. The only thing that makes me happier is just adding more syllables to that. Welcome back. Smoking and Toasting, show number 82. The show about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Can I just say something real quick about this uh, Montgay XO rum that we uh, tried in the last segment? Are you thinking it would go really good with the bacon from B&B? <laughs> uh, no, but thank you for going there because that was, <laughs> oh man, wouldn't that be fa- fantastic? Are you kidding me? And what I was going to say is a, a while back I bought, uh, and I don't remember what it was now exactly, but I bought a rum that was infused with cinnamon. And I tried it and it was okay. It didn't like it didn't like knock me out. Uh, I don't think I even brought it on the show because it wasn't. Was it like, called Fireball? No, no, that's a whiskey. That's a whiskey, right? <laughs> so this was, was kind of. This I was, was being silly. Yeah, so this is like the rum equivalent of that, I guess. And it was fine. It was it was you know it was okay, uh, but it didn't like blow me away. But if you want a rum with cinnamon flavor, go this direction. This Montgay XO. This is because this is and it doesn't have any cinnamon actually infused mm-hmm. into it. This is just the flavors that they're getting from the aging of this rum. But boy, this is a cinnamon bomb is what yeah, it is. It really is. And it's delicious. And uh, well, I, we've discovered one here, I think. <laughs> this, is, this is very good. We've discovered a lot of things in this episode. I mean, and, you and should not drink that if you don't like things like molasses and yeah. cinnamon and, cinnamon and, and vanilla, vanilla and, and rum. rum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, we've discovered a lot, and we haven't even gotten to uh, the Reverend, which I love the, uh, the, the whole sense of humor of Avery Brewing. They're out of Boulder, Colorado. They're just a great brewery. And I love across the top of the can, it says, not just for Sundays. Nice. Yes, very nice. So we'll get to the Reverend here in a minute. But first of all, uh, I want to give you the skinny on sipping. Uh, how to become an instant whiskey expert. Several very, very simple tips. You have my rapt attention. And these come not from just like some guy who's a writer, but they come from Graham Cool. C-O-U-L-L. Graham Cool. Graham is the master distiller at Glenmore. Oh, he's so, got to know something about so it. So, yeah, he's got to have a little bit of information uh, that he can impart to us. So. Glenmore, by the way. Delicious. Uh, yes, we've had Glenn Morey on the show before. Yeah, have, uh, in fact, I've got a little bit of Glenn Morey left at the house that uh, I may have to partake of later. Do you oh. keep Do you keep Glenn Morey in a bottle? You should I probably do. let him out. Uh, but I'm cheap. Oh, but you know, look what I did. 
Uh, Prince Albert in a can. Uh, so, yes, thank you. We needed that. Uh, so here's Graham Cool's first tip for the would-be whiskey expert. Sniff before you sip. Yes. He says, your nose knows what you want in a whiskey. Before you gulp it down, give the spirit a sniff. If you like that smell, chances are pretty good you're going to be happy with the taste as well. However... If your nose burns a bit from the alcohol, it's a good sign that you might want to add a few drops of water. Again, this is a this is a personal taste type of thing, but as you and I have discovered, man, sometimes adding a drop or two of water really opens up the flavors. I want to point out to anybody out there who's thinking to themselves, I would never add mm-hmm. a drop of water to my whiskey or my expensive yes. scotch. This is... This is the Grand Master Distiller yes. at Glenmore Scotch. Telling you this. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Uh, he says also, and uh, you and I are familiar with this as well, our good friend Chris Hart helped to uh, steer us in this direction. Uh, a tasting glass with a tapered top will direct the scent to your nose the best and give you a good view to assess the spirit visually. If you're inclined to swirl, do it carefully, he says. Whiskey has a much higher alcohol content than wine, so you want to let it settle for a moment after the swirl, or you'll wind up with a nose full of booze. So so I also want to point out, when you take that, when you take that sniff, when you put that to your nose, and you inhale. You should do this with your mouth partly open as well. Mm. Inhale partially through your mouth. Yes, and you, because something... your f- taste buds are in your mouth. Like right. you and get that. It circulates the uh, the flavor. Right. Yes. So you get the 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 dual assault, if you will, of getting it in your nose and in your uh, in your uh, smell, and then also the taste as well. Here's the next tip from our friend at Glenmore, the master distiller. Graham. What does he know? He says, you know, don't get so hung up on the age of a whiskey. He says, a bottle of whiskey doesn't need to have been dredged up with the Titanic to be worth drinking. These days, he says, especially when it comes to scotch, many bottles don't even have a specific age statement printed on the label. Call it a no-age statement or NAS. That's because Scottish law dictates that a number on the bottle has to be the age of the youngest bit of liquor in the blend. So you might have a blended uh, whiskey, uh, for example, that has 18- and 12-year-old base spirits with just a bit of a 3-year-old, but the bottle would have to be labeled a 3-year-old. So that's one of the reasons for the no-age statement, is they want you to basically examine it, taste it, sample it for what it is, not for the year on the bottle. Yeah, um, I also (laughs) want to interject here. Don't forget, whiskey is for drinking. Drink it. Enjoy it. Yes, Like absolutely. sitting around talking about how old it is or talking about how good it should be, that's fine. You're not drinking the label. You're drinking the liquid. That's exactly what Graham says here. He says connoisseurs may always wax rhapsodic about super old rare spirits. Wow, he put that way better than yeah, I did. Six to 12 years should be plenty of time to gra- develop great flavor if a distillery is using quality casks. He says the only thing to keep in mind about age is that if you're tasting multiple whiskeys in a flight— Always go youngest and lightest to oldest and darkest if you're doing a flight of whiskeys. So there you go. Right, and that's so your palate can handle the complexities mm-hmm. later. If you have As something you super yep. complex right up front, it's hard to taste anything that has less complexity after that. Think of it like eating a whatchamacallit bar and then tra- taking a sip of Dr. Pepper. That Dr. Pepper tastes like Perrier. Yeah, exactly. Like, there, you can't you taste anything you but won't the, get the, the caramel water. The, yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, He also suggests learn some key vocabulary. He says, and I thought this was really good, he says, if you think that whiskey tastes like unicorn tears, go ahead and say so. But if you find yourself drawing a blank to describe the flavors, he says, here's some adjectives that come up a lot. Creamy, oaky, herbal, peaty, smoky, and peppery. He says you might hear a spirit described as austere, which would mean that it's a simple, straightforward kind of flavor, uh, versus rich, one that's more complex with layered qualities. I like prefer to say haughty. Thicker in mouthfeel. That's good. <laughs> if this is the, a very haughty. If the scent or taste of the spirit you're trying uh, really makes you wince with alcohol, it's described as ethanolic. And that's not always a bad thing, he says. So. No, but that's a great time to, guess what? Add a couple drops Add of water. Add a couple of drops of water, especially if it's a little overwhelming to you. Finally, he says, have fun with it. He says, nobody's here to be the whiskey police. Just don't get too serious. He says it's whiskey, not an exam. It can take years to develop a sophisticated palate, but if you're not angling for a gig as a pro distiller, you really just want to kind of identify what you enjoy and drink that. Yeah. 
And uh, if you prefer your single malt with a splash of water or even an ice cube, go for it. Even Coke, if that's your thing. Although he says you don't really need a proper single malt if that's what you're dealing with. Just right. To, uh, and and the reason for that is not to be snobby about the Coke, but what happens is Coke has such a big flavor mm-hmm. that if you're pouring in a really nice, expensive single malt scotch, right. you're not tasting the subtleties of that scotch. Now, exactly, exactly. there's a certain degree of better ingredients make better pizza. Right. Did I say that? Yes, you did. Sorry. Anyway, you Thank get the you, idea. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we yeah. probably owe Papa John's for that. Um, but the or, bottom line or is- Or they owe us, depending. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> that, see, I like the way you think. So the bo- but the bottom line is this. Um, you can use way better whiskey- than your standard well whiskey to make mm-hmm. your whiskey and Coke. Right. But there's a cutoff point where you get diminished returns. At some point in time, your whiskey's so good that you don't get to taste how good it is no, because you're pouring Coke right. in it. That's absolutely right. And despite the fact that at bars and restaurants, they will charge you a lot extra for this, the same is true with tequila and a margarita. Exactly. You, very much so. You don't need the extra añejo for your margarita. Sometimes an añejo can be nice in a, in a margarita, but most of the time a silver will do just I default, as well. I default Padron a lot of times mm-hmm. because I know most places have it, mm-hmm. and it's going to make a good margarita. And the silver makes a great margarita. Yes. I highly recommend, in fact, I just bought a bottle of this this week, I highly recommend Pura Vida Silver mm-hmm. as a great margarita I just tequila. ran out of my Pura Vida, by the way. And by the way, We need to get uh, Mr. Skloss back on. Well, we do, uh, and largely to talk about the tequila shortage. And also because I just ran out of my Pura Vida. I believe, yes, I believe you did. Uh, you did but yeah, there's that, that whole... <laughs> the whole tequila shortage thing. Might Agave be good, shortage. Might be good to talk about as well. Oh, you were milking it. Yeah, I dragged I like that, that one out. I dragged that one out. Well, what's interesting, Ian, is that as I was opening this... Um, immediately uh, the senses of my nostrils were assaulted uh, by the Reverend, the Belgian-style quadruple ale from Avery Brewing that they proudly say is not just for Sundays. And so we're going to be pouring a little bit of this and tasting it in our few remaining moments on the show. And I have to say, I think you're going to be very excited based on what I smelled so far. I think you're going to be very excited. Um, let me pass that over to Adam. Uh, <clears throat> on the nose, wow, bread, wow, bread, and and very uh, very yeasty, very yeasty and malty. Uh, this is, by the way, ten percent alcohol by volume. This smells like delicious, wonderful bread right out of the oven, like dark bread. Ten percent alcohol by volume, or as they say, it's the Uber percentage. If you're here in Texas, if you <laughs> if you ever go to a, what is it, Outback Steakhouse? Yes, they have that Shinerbach beer bread. Yes, oh, this that's smells, really good. That's really good. I've had it's it. It's delicious. Yeah. It's, it's like oddly good. Uh, this smells. Like that kind of bread, like this it's is like very yeah yeasty and 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 like it just came out of the oven with that yeasty bread smell, right? I haven't drunk this yet. I'm still just like this has getting the very it, little carbonation to it. Yeah, well, that's not surprising. I love that. This has notes of uh, a date to it, the dark fruit kind of dates. Uh, it has. Maybe a little bit of pear, um, like the very pulpy, overripe pear kind of flavor going on in there. It has... Mm, You're right. mm. It is not very carbonated at all. And interestingly enough, some of the higher ABV beers that we've had on recent shows have been very carbonated. And this is an interesting trip back the other way. This tastes like dark... Multi banana bread mm-hmm. with some pear and some date and some. Uh, this is exactly what I like in a beer. Now, like, see, I, I find love I this. find myself, and I'm not surprised because this is just when I taste this, I think, "Wow, this is this is Ian in a can." Is what this is. This um, is what I actually taste like. Yes, I, I would not be surprised. <laughs> but I will tell you that I do want a little more car- carbonation. 
If this were slightly more carbonated, I think I would like it more. See, but that's probably I'm the because guy, I'm an amateur when it comes to. I'm the guy. If I uh, walk into a place, a beer specialty place, and they have cask beer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, if you've ever walked in and gotten cask beer, you know that they draw it from a cask. It's yes. not. It's not carbonated. They don't just take it out of a tap. They actually have to draw it. It's a pump system that pulls it out of cask because it's not carbonated enough to make it vomit itself from the tap. So. Um, I actually really enjoy those low carb, high ABV, yeah. mm-hmm. big giant body uh, beers, and this to me tastes like that. Like the oak finish on this. Yes, there's such an oaky dryness that happens like right at the back corners of the tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's like having a super dry wine finish almost, um, but with with that date and 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 pear and. Like all those flavors we just talked about, banana. There's a lot of mm, banana in there. Lots of banana. But the banana isn't like annoyingly, cloyingly sweet either. To close the show, I'd like to read you what it says here on the can. Please because do. I'm a big fan of actually when uh, breweries and distilleries, for that matter, will write very creatively on their uh, can or bottle of their product. So here's what it says It says, Brewed and Can by Avery Brewing Company, Boulder, Colorado. Created by God, feared by Satan, loved by all. Reverend Luther Tucker. The Reverend is a divinely complex and beautifully layered creation with hints of dark cherries, currants, and molasses, complemented by an underlying spiciness and a sinfully smooth 10% alcohol by volume. Brewed with Rocky Mountain water, malted barley, imported Belgian specialty malted barley, dark Belgian candy sugar, Hops oh, that's that. and Belgian yeast. Man, that is delicious. If that doesn't sound like a feast, do you, to you have the rest of the six pack you're going to lay on me? By the uh, way, you know what? I, I would, uh, I would love to do that. I actually just bought one. <laughs> but you know where to find it. It's the Reverend Belgian style quadruple ale, and I will give a shout out to Specs. That's where I found this. Good so. job, Avery. By the way, that yeah, is Avery. fantastic. These guys. And interestingly enough, we've had Avery uh, on the show a couple times in the past several months, uh, but those have typically been bombers yeah. and this one's available in uh, 12 ounce cans i'm a fan of the can yeah and i know you are and you're a fan of the avery and a fan of the belgian quadruple ale uh, i'm a fan I of am. i'm a fan of so much that we've had on the show but i have to say this has been one of the most unusual tasting shows we've done yeah in a our, long time. our flavors were all over the board today mm-hmm. which i think is a good thing I think it's a good thing. Well, we want to thank all of you for being with us for uh, show number 82. Here's the way it's going to go down from here. We've made it to 82 episodes. 82 shows, my friend. Here's the way it's going to go down from here. We will take a break next week. There will not be a show next Thursday. However, Sad Ian. two weeks from today, Happy Ian will be in Los Angeles, California. Happy Ian. Yes, and we'll be, uh, we'll be uh, I don't know yet where we're coming to you live from, but we will be live from some sort of interesting location in Los Angeles where hopefully it will be legal for us to smoke and drink or smoke and toast, as the case uh, as the case may be. And hopefully we'll be talking about some great uh, California-based uh, beers or spirits or, or maybe in a great I, California I smoking lounge or something. Yes. Like on the top of a building that has big giant neon signs that's bigger than yes. us, and I want us to have Kurt Russell there. <laughs> I want the part of me to be played by Kurt Russell. That would be great. <laughs> the part of Cruz in today's show will be played by Kurt Russell. Did I just go a little escape from L.A.? With a patch on his eye. <laughs> have a great week, my Snake friends. Plissken. We have loved uh, bringing you this edition, number 82, of Smoking a Toast, and brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Thanks to Adam on the Wheels of Steel and somebody who actually knew what kombucha was. Have a uh, wonderful week and uh, cheers. Peace out. Cheers. Interrupting all programs.